That's a hot, fresh tonight from this evening, Negan. <laughs> you just made it up? Yeah, Mamish, when I was walking down the park to take the bus here, I could feel this, like, the hi-hat. Oh, <laughs> 
To this wonderful pasuk, Alayla Hahu, Nadadash Nasamelech, Oragashema. Oh man, do we need this now? This is the turning point. Oh man, do we need this now? This is the turning point. This is a Shemis Barach. Alayla Hahu, Nadadash Nasamelech. There's a special chop for it, also, right? No. There's a minic that I do that goes back in Breslov, and I think other chassidim do. They 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 do the whole nusach of the Yamin Haraim. Serious. Oh boy. Nadadu Shamayim says the Medrash, the heavens were shaking. Kisoi Shalmelech Malche Hamalachim Kadash Baruchu. The Shemayim caused Hashem's own chair to tremble, to move. Like we learned in last week's shir, that Hashem was getting up from his kisei din and sitting on the kisei rachmim. Hashem, all the hostages are coming home. Shalom gadol v'aylam. I'm going to make the rifles into electric guitars. Hashem, 
Karov. Nada do Shemaim Kisai Shemelch Malchem Lachim, Akarish Baruchu Shehoa as Israel Betzara, because Akarish Baruchu saw that we were in trouble. And so what they're dashing is Shnas HaMelech means Malko Shel Olam, every Melech Stam, it's also Medjish Rabbah, we learned way back when. Mm-hmm. That Hashem's sleep means his chair was trembling, Shamayim was rumbling, he's getting up and changing. And what does this mean? B'chiyesh Shena, asks the Medrash. B'chiyesh Shena, Lifnei HaMako. Is there such a thing as sleep by Hashem? Behold, Hashem does not sleep. The guardian of Israel. But when we are in trouble and pain, the nations of the world are in serenity. In other words, that's the pshat. Hashem's sleep is called when that's the situation, when Amisol is downtrodden and the cultures of things that are not godly are triumphant. That's why David Amelech said, Awake, why do you sleep, Hashem? Venadida, and at the same time that that happened in Shamayim, Nadida Shanas Amelech Achashverus. The 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 also was having trouble sleeping. He also had. Shira b'chaloyma yes Haman, and here the major says what the dream was, that he saw in his dream, Haman, shenatal saif lahargo. He saw Haman standing over him with a big sword. It sees like this image. Haman, he's gonna kill me. Is Haman standing with a huge this sword? This is in the dream. They're telling you what the dream was. Wow. The man just tells you what his dream was. When did he woke up from? Was Haman holding a big sword to kill him? Not, taking a sword to kill him. Shenatal Saif Lahargo. And he was in panic and shock. The Hikits Mishnasa. And woke up. The, the shock in the dream was so palpable that it shocked him back into consciousness. Kavalt. The Amar Lesaifrav immediately says to his uh, scribes. Haviu Sefer Hazichronot, bring to me my memoirs, my royal memoirs, Likrot, Vilirot, Masha Avarlov, to read and see what has happened before. And the Farshim explain, the Hilga Eitz Yosef says, he woke up in a panic and said, Dilma Ika Inish the Avaliti Prate, maybe there's someone who I did good to. Did good to him. I'm sorry, who did good to me, right? And I didn't give him any just reward for the favor that he did me. Mishum oh. hachi, and that's why 
after Ika Inchi the Yadi because he's sure that this dream is real, right? Maybe there are people who know that Haman has a plan to kill me. Hemimnu Vlomigalli, and they're gonna hold back and not tell me. Why? Because they saw that people who've told me in the past okay. and helped me didn't get a reward for it. So I gotta change my policy, gotta make sure that I'm following through, rewarding all people who are loyal to me to encourage people to come forward about Haman's plan. Yeah? That's why he was exactly looking. He wasn't just randomly saying, Ach, I can't sleep, read me bedtime stories. He was precisely looking for an uh, occurrence exactly like Mordechai with Big Tan and Teresh. He's pretty. That's pretty high. Mm-hmm. No? Like What's it's pretty, pretty high? It's pretty um, humble. Like he's yeah. a king. Like... But every king, the biggest despot is in the world. Their biggest fear, as 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 is written in Harry Potter, <laughs> I think that's where I saw it. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's a line that uh, Gandalf tells Harry. All despots and dictators <coughs> are afraid that somebody will rise up and take the power from them, just like they did, because they know how what they did, right? And so they're all mamish. It's not like that. He's being such a tzaddik. It's because he wants to preserve his power. He knows how power works. And you have to reward loyalty in order to make sure that you stay king. It's just a matter of survival in your role, in your, right? Okay. Upatzchu hasfarin. So immediately opened the books. Umatsu esadavar. And they found the matter. They found exactly a case, exactly what Haman was looking for, just, what Mordechai was looking uh, what Achishverosh was looking for. We just learned that the Major said that Achishverosh's sleep, why couldn't he sleep? Because his nightmare was that he saw Haman standing over him with a big sword to kill him. That's what the dream was. And he was shocked back into consciousness, sure that Haman's out to get him. And wants to make sure that he's rewarding loyalty so that somebody will come forward and inform him about the plot, right? So he's looking exactly for a story like Mordechai and Big Ten and Teresh. He wasn't just random bedtime stories. Oh. And they found Matsuas HaDavar Sheigid Mordechai Big Ten of Teresh. V'keivan Sha'amr L'Amelech Hinei Hamanuel Bechatzer And then immediately He's the, he, 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 he said, he's about to, uh, to say, we got to bring Mordechai over here. And then they said, oh, Haman just showed up, right? <laughs> now, what does what Achashverosh think? Amar HaMelech, Emet HaDavar Sheraiti B'Chalomi. It's all true, right? He's coming to get me. <laughs> <laughs> and the Mepharshim say, what does it mean, Emet? Kalov le'emet. In the fresh emet kamur. It doesn't mean that he was, like, because if he was completely sure, he would have said, kill Haman immediately, right? Mm-hmm. But he, he was, in other words, scared 
oh my God, I just had the dream. He's standing with the, 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 with the sword. He's knocking on my door. It's, you know, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> He's freaking out. He's freaking out. Achashverosh is freaking out. It's all true, uh, but I can't say anything. Right? And then, and then he says to him, right? He's coming. He must be. He's coming to kill me, says the Medrash. But he didn't. He couldn't. He didn't have a case against him. A dream, but he's. Chaim. 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 So, the um. In the Gemara, when they're speaking about wh- where is Tokfo Shelnes, where's the where's the place in the story of the Megillah that the miracle happened? Everyone agrees you have to read this story of Achashverosh's sleeping disturbed. Everyone sees this as a turning point and as a divine intervention. Now, why, of all the ways you could intervene? Why is there this intervention through the dream and through an interruption of sleep, Davka? Right? And the Emma says, excuse me, Ramnasan doesn't say we're going to learn from Ramnasan. Ramnasan doesn't bring this in, but to me it's unbelievable that we see that for Yosef, in getting out of jail, right? We need people come to come out, right? And home. Like Yosef, like Sarimenu, like Lot, like um, Esther. And in the case of Yosef, it was these dreams that the wine, so the Sar Ha'ofim, the Sar Hamashkim, the wine minister and the baker of Paro, and then Paro's own dream, and they took him out of jail and brought this whole geula for Yosef through a dream of Paros. And it's really amazing how the Torah goes into detail about these dreams of not the greatest people in the world. That these, these people were not, you know, tzaddikim by any, by any long shot. And yet, through why? What is this phenomenon of great important Jewish history happening through dreams of people who are like Paro Achashverosh, Sarah Mashkim, Sarah Oifim, and, and, and this focus on these things and this connection to Geula, what is this about? So, the thing is, just on the outside, is our consciousness has two levels to it. We have something called Seichel, and we have something called Di Mayon, imagination. Seichel and Di Mayon. When I first came to Yeshiva, I had my first Shabbos with chapels, where we went to different rabbis' houses for Shabbos. I forgot that I asked this, but I asked, what is the role of the imagination in Torah? I don't think they gave such a great answer because I have no memory of the question or the answer. But my old friend Asher Perlin, who was with me at the time, my first Shabbos here when I made Aliyah eight years ago, 
I bumped into him in shul, and he said, Ah, you remember when we were together that first Shabbos at Chappelle's, and you asked, what is the place of the imagination in Torah? And it's fascinating, because Rabbi Nachman has a lot of Torah about the importance and the role of the imagination. And in Lukute Halachas, Rav Nassim goes into it a lot. And one of the main descriptions and ways of speaking about it, there's two ways Rav Nassim mainly speaks about it. The Seichel is the essence of your consciousness. And the Dimayon is the messenger of your consciousness into this physical world. So your pure consciousness is totally neshama, totally abstract, totally divorced from time and space. It's very hard to even experience it. It's there underneath. Because the other muscle that he uses is that the medame is the levush for the seichel. It's the clothing of the seichel. Chaim, Chaim. And what happens is that the way we interpret events in our lives is by necessity going to be colored in by the Dimayon. Meaning to say, it's very hard for us to experience the essence of what's really going on. We experience it through the tentacles of our imagination and that, that reach out and experience time and experience space, colors, shapes, all these things that are coming through the filter of the body to the pure consciousness of the soul. And the difficulty is that um, the imagination is the place where we get hurt, where we get traumatized, where we get addicted, where we get depressed, where we get all these different kinds of things that cause us to interpret people's motivations, to interpret our own motivations, to interpret Hashem's motivations, to interpret events in our life, and to lose the wonder and radical amazement, to use Heschel's term, of each moment that is actually completely new. The Dimayon has us in repeat mode. Oh, there it goes again. Oh, there I go again. Oh, there goes that person again. I know that person. I know Hashem. I know the Torah. I know what Eretz Yisrael is. I know, I know politics. I know this. I know this person. I know my family. I have it all figured out. And that's called a Dimayon that needs Biruch. And a Dimayon that needs like clarification. The bigger the tzaddik, the more translucent the dimayon. The more it's able to be this like glass tentacle that reaches out and experiences things as close to as they really are as possible with as little preconceived interpretation as possible. Um, the real great Talmidei Chachamim, Rabbi Baron, remember Rabbi Baron from Montreal? Rabbi Baron, when he would open a Gemara, he would ask questions like, oh, he's a baby, like he knows nothing. He would make me feel old. He, would be, he was in his 80s. He would make me feel old. 
the freshness that he would, uh, he would uh, the, the real the, the real Gemara learners know how to do that. The the real experience of Torah is that if notein ha Torah they're experiencing it being given right now mamish har Sinai. If you look in Shulchan Aruch and the laws of Birkos HaTorah, it's worth it. Look there, like the, the, the person should make the brachas with a lot of kavana and as if you're mamish getting the Torah right now. And saying the Shema, it would be as if you just got a fax from heaven that mamish God is one. I'm like whoa. So one of the most important things about being close to a tzaddik is that the tzaddik helps you to uh, clarify your madame, your imagination, and use your imagination in a real way, in a beautiful way, and not and not in an old way, right? in a fresh way. Mm, Gewalt. <laughs> right? That's the thing. And in what way does he do it? Because when you connect to a tzaddik, you connect to a ruach of nevuah, a spirit of prophecy. Because the prophets, except Moshe Rabbeinu, who was like writing pure seichel, was like oisios of the Torah, the prophets had visions. And then their words and letters that they use are approximations of the imaginational experiences that they had. That's called Aspeklaria Shaloma Ira, that they saw and they had a vision of Hashem speaking to them in a not completely clear way. Whereas Moshe Rabbeinu, the only one, had Aspeklaria Hameira, means he saw literally Mamish, just the Oisius themselves. That's only Moshe. All the rest is through Medame, through the imagination. And it's all the prophets. Prophecy, except for Moshe Rabbeinu, is called Aspeklaria Shaloma Ira. Mm-hmm. And that's the aspect of prophecy that comes through the imagination. Meaning they had a vision, they had an experience, an imaginational experience. And then they approximated that in words. Right? In the Gemara they say, No two prophets will have will have the exact same pasuk come from them. In fact, when a bunch of prophets came and all said the exact same pasuk, it was a sign that they were false prophets. Mm. Right? Right. Because it goes through the filter of the imagination of that Navi. And it's holy, it's a Ruach Navuah, right? And Moshe Rabbeinu, there wasn't a filter. It was Aspaklaria HaMeira. Moshe saw the letters of the Torah and just copied them. And that's it. It's something else. Right? Some of them came through his mouth, say, for the barin. But all the other Nevi'im, like the Rambam writes, all the other rulers of all the other Nevi'im are not to add or take away from the Torah. They're just to inspire us to keep the Torah. All the rest of the Tanakh, outside from Torah, are just there to, like the last Navi says, Zichru Torah's Moshe. It's like one of the last psukim of the one of the last Navim. Remember the Torah of Moshe. Chabakuk. Malachi. Zichru Torah's Moshe. Remember the Torah of Moshe. Right? Yuvald. 
Okay. So, so, how do we connect to that Ruach Nevoah so that we can fix our imagination? I want it. I need, I, I'm totally living in a ghost world. Right? This is what you see in therapy. And Mamish, you're interacting, it looks like I'm interacting with you right now. I'm really interacting with my dad from 15 years ago when he did the thing. And then my emotions, I get triggered and da 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 da. Right? How do we get this Ruach Nevoah, which is Mevarer, the Medame, which is the essence of what it means to be connected to the Tzaddikim? Right? So one thing is all the things of being close to the tzaddik, listening to them, hearing their Torah, davening with them, do whatever, whatever you can do to, to connect. But one particular thing, and this comes from Torah 8 in the second section of Gutem Moran, which is the last Torah Rabbi Nachman taught in his life, is what? Tiku Tochacha. That there's a special form of prayer called Tfila Bivchinas Din. Tfila Bivchinas Din. What does that mean? I'm going to read to you what he says about it. Rabbi says like this. He says that generally speaking, Tfila needs to be Rachamim V'tachnunim. We need to just be saying to Hashem, please, please have mercy, have mercy, and just be praising Hashem, and asking Hashem in the simple way of just asking for Rachel. The problem is that because our medame, our imagination, gets uh, stuck in the past, right? So then what happens is that we, we, we feel that things are not fair. I think a little, like, what? fair, not fair. There's a lot of this going on now. This war is gewalt. Such a challenge to <coughs> be able to somehow find simcha, to find a munah, find trust in Hashem, to find, to find... Although we need to remember that there is so much good that's going on at the same time. The bad gets depressed, but, you know, there were, there were more babies born in Shari Tzedek than, uh, in the month of October than ever before. 1,800 babies. Ever before? Yeah. 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 They, they broke around. 1,800. 1,800. They broke... They, yeah, Shari Tzedek. But, yeah, it's 1,800. But yeah. I just saw today that there were like 17,000 babies something... Throughout Eretz Yisrael? Since, um, uh, Since October 7th? Yeah. A lot of babies are being born. Yes. You know, thank God. You know what I mean? Like, in other words, so many things are going on new that life. are that are new life and that are so good. You know what I mean? Um, but still, we have all been traumatized, and our lives will never be the same. Um, and it's and it's hard. So, part of the reason why it's hard is because it awakens our old traumas. I always felt that life wasn't fair. I worked on it so much. And I got, you know, the wound in me to heal. And now it got like ripped open again by this. It's not just I'm upset about what happened. I'm upset about everything that I worked so hard to stop being upset about. Now I'm upset about all of that again also. 
and we're not only traumatized but re-traumatized. So it's heavy. Oh yeah, fun one opportunity to release. I love that. So 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 the thing is that it's harder to daven with rachamim and tachanunim to really appeal to divine mercy when I feel that Hashem hasn't been fair, right? And when my imagination gets darkened, which to some extent all of our imagination, we've been, we need to reach so deep inside of ourselves to find like a blind faith, to find a, that amazing invincible spark of Jewish continuity that is within us. It really is. Perseverance, capital P, Gewalt. It really is there. But on the level of daily functioning, on the level of... It's a lot. It's a lot to integrate, and, and our imaginations really need to be deep, deep fixing. We need this Ruach Nevuah. We need to connect to the Ruach Nevuah that our prophets and our tzaddikim <coughs> give us. We need to somehow, you know, like... For instance, Rabbi Nachman who said, Gewal, zaitach nishmiyais. Gewal, don't give up. And himshich me'od tevas gewalt. He said the word gewalt for life. He said, Gewal. Don't give up. And many people in the world have said, don't give up. Throughout history. But why is Rabbi Nachman famous for it? Because our neshama hears that echo. His soul said it. He knew it. It's like something else. It's mama said an incredible thing. A little ruach nevuah there. It's almost like he said a pasuk. And so the the yeah, thank you. I just need constant water. So the the uh, the um, uh, the work of receiving this nevuah. How? What is it that gets it to us? Is what is that? Is that most of us, when our tefillah becomes bivchinas din, it's really bad. When I stand in front of Hashanah and davening, and deep down I feel it's not fair, and I'm just complaining, right? Not really requesting, I'm just complaining. This is a chaval of a thing, and our, our avoida gets swallowed, says Rabbeinu. As a sitra achra the other side, which he says is a big spiritual snake, slithers over and swallows up all of that prayer and it gets stronger. Oh, you davened? And it's davening, come on! No, your davening got swallowed up and strengthened the snake. It's really heavy. <laughs> Why? Because it says, aha, another person who thinks life is the pits, right? And it just energizes, this, what is the snake really? It's a, something within me. It's, I, 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 it just energizes, yeah, I, I went through the motions of being religious, and then little by little I start hating being religious, because it's just adding to this heavy feeling of things being unfair, because I'm actually feeding the unfair feeling with every prayer, because all I'm doing is complaining. And it just becomes this catch-22, and I feel heavier, and so I complain more, and then I complain more, and so I feel heavier, and then it's like, I'll give out. How do we get out of that? So this is where we kind of need Superman a little bit. Is he burning? 
Hopefully it's outside. Judy, are you cooking something? What? Is something burning? Uh, no. Mm. <laughs> yeah, good. I prevented it from that. It's not... Oh, oh okay. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. It's under control. Perfect. Okay. okay. Under, <laughs> under control. Under <laughs> control. It's exactly the Nisnakuda. The, 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 uh, what happens is that there is a tzaddik and every, in every shul, the chazarat hashatz is a picture of the tzaddik, of connecting up to one person's prayer, right? And b'chlal, you know, we need, this is why Am Yisrael, we really need our leadership and tzaddikim, somebody to look up to, somebody to connect to. So important. And particularly in what way we need our imaginations to get fixed. But in order for imagination to get fixed, we need a, a spirit of prophecy. In order for that spirit of prophecy to reach me, I need to connect to his or her tefillah bibchinas din. The tefillah bibchinas din that the tzaddik does is different. The tzaddik says, Hashem, this is not fair. But he's not bitter. He's not bitter. He says this is not fair, and he's the husband or the wife or the he's unequal kiviyachal, so to speak, footing with God, and he can give God a talking to. It's real. The Chazal say almanot have a special power also in this way, and Yatomim, and we have Klal unfortunately has many, and almanim too. And we, there's a power that we can harness that's not feeding the heaviness and putting us back to the catch-22 of bad and ugh, but you're really giving Hashem, uh, it's something else, tefillah bivchinas din. This is what Chazal, how Chazal described Pinchas's prayer. Even though on the outside he killed Zimri and Cosby, but Vayamod Pinchas Vayfalil, what was he doing when he in that davening? So he was saying, Hashem, Hashem, this is terrible. How could you let this happen? And it was the best thing. It broke everything open. Says so Rabbi Nachman uses an imagery here that is so amazing. You need somebody with superpowers. That's tzaddik, somebody who's really not schlepping around a, 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 a dark imagination, somebody with, with, with glass tentacle imagination, with, with really able to experience the moment and be totally alive right now and mamish, mamish, go to God without any past preconceptions, without any heaviness, and say, Hashem, this, yeah, really? This is what you're doing? And mamish. So what happens? The tzaddik comes and says, Hashem, it's not fair. And the snake slithers over and says, Aha! So now, now even I got Mordechai, I got... Who? Pinchas, I got the big tzaddik. I got Sari Menu. I got Esther. I got Rotali Vloa wants to swallow up Esther, take her into the palace of Achishverosh. Kihiboy last, Hamidat Filosim Chinesdin. It swallows what the snake does. 
It swallows the prayers that say it's not fair. It swallows the, the complaint prayers and adds to the heaviness of the imagination and, and makes things all sluggish and worse. But when the snake comes, wants to swallow this tefillah, this tefillah gets stuck in the throat of the snake. Which is the aspect like a bone, like a rod of strength, that it gets like stuck. And the snake is like trying to start, it's trying to swallow this and get, but it can't because it's too strong. Because it's a real prayer, it's not a complaint. And then, excuse this, excuse my non-dura language, the snake is forced to vomit out all the prayers and good energy that it swallowed from all of Am Yisrael. It's a huge release. <laughs> the snake, snake vomits, gewalt. Because really, Am Yisrael's prayers, they weren't horrible. They were trying to pray. They were just too heavy and got swallowed up. But there were definitely some Nakudas Tevis in there. And then the snake, it all comes back. And all the sparks come out. And all the hostages are freed. And everything comes home. Everyone comes home, Mamish. Amen. Amen. There's trying to swallow the chayil. Chayil bala ve'ka'enu. It's forced to vomit it out. Not only does it vomit out all of the kedusha, it also vomits out its own atzmus hachios shalom mamesh. The snake vomits out its own essential life energy. Its whole thing flips around and all that energy comes out and become, goes to the side of goodness. All that energy that was in the snake itself, not just what it swallowed from Am Yisrael. Right? That's the aspect of converts. But at the end of the Purim story, Rabim, the closest thing we have to God in the Megillah is Pachad HaYehudim. The fear of the Jews. Okay. So this is, a, this is quite something. <laughs> right? So, Nelson is explaining, based on this whole big Torah, that we need to connect ourselves up to that true prayer of the prayer that judges God and not in a bad way. The prayer that judges God and gets stuck instead of getting swallowed causes a reversal of the snake's whole thing of swallowing up Kedusha. I'm just going to read to you how Rav describes it in, in the Kutei Tefillas. He says, because the thing is that for us, it's, it, it can be, in other words, let's say I would try to give God a stern talking to. It's dangerous because I could, I could get swallowed up into the, 
snake too. Because when we try and judge and we say it's not fair and we get upset, the tears may not be sweet, they may be too bitter. And it may be something that only just makes us more upset and drives us downwards. It takes a big koach, it takes like really superpowers to be able to really daven like this. This is something that is rare in Am Yisrael. So the way Rav Nassim speaks about it is, please send us such a tzaddik who can do it. And in this chus and the koach to break, you know, break through. But detain koach, so what we can do is say, please Hashem give koach and gevura to the tefillah of that tzaddik. There are lamed vav mikim every generation. There's the tzaddikim, a kabbalim p'nei shechina b'chol yom, like Gemara says in Sukkah. It's hard to know who they are these days. It's a, there's, there's a, some of them maybe, but but we can daven that they should have the strength to do this kind of davening. And in that way, we connect ourselves up to it. To judge Hashem. She tefillah subchinas din, tamod lezidrach v'klipa, in the prayer, Rav Nassim wrote a prayer based on this Torah, and he says, like, please let this happen, that the, that the snake should vomit, and everything should come out, and, and, and released, and, and please give koach to the prayers of those who know how to do that prayer, right? That's, how, that's, some, that's something we can do, right? And maybe, you know, again, it's like a caution, you know? As you get closer to the place of kind of judging Hashem and doing this tefillah of din, we have to have a lot of caution, because we could we could fall right into the trouble itself. So how do we pray with din? Is to one thing for sure safe is say, please Hashem send us a tzaddik who can do it. Please Hashem strengthen the prayers of the tzaddikim who are doing it. That's for sure you're good. That's how as far as Rav Nasan goes in the in the in the Kutei tefillahs. He doesn't, in the Kutei Tefillahs, launch into an actual Tefillah B'Vchinas Din. Because it's considered to be a dangerous thing. Ah, oh, that's the point. So yeah. can't do it? Well, that's the thing. Is it's, we can get stuck there. We can get stuck there, and it can, it can be, it's a quicksand, you know? So the thing is that um, you can connect to the energy of it mm. by, by, by saying... Please strengthen the tefillah of those who know how to do that, right? <laughs> That's sort of a, a, a cheating way in. Not cheating, but, you know, it's a, it's a way in to be connected to that davening because we have to know that for sure the tzaddikim and shamayim, like, there's no question in my mind that um, just like, you know, this is one of the things, I forgot if I spoke about this last week. The reason why I feel like we're in messianic times right now is because every Jew in the world, pretty much, is thinking about the fact that they're Jewish. That The fact that they're Jewish. They're just thinking, they're just aware of being Jewish. That is an amazing thing. It's, a, it's like a palpable change. There's a little more light in the world because of it. I really believe that. I even sense it a little bit. And um, Just like that's happening to the Jews who are alive, it's something we've spoken about a few times, the oneness in Am Yisrael is also with all the Jews who have died, all the Jews who are in Shemayim. Am Yisrael is not just the ones who are alive now. And the Jews who are in Shemayim are close to us, I really believe. 
in this tekufa, because of how hard it is, Shamayim is like closer. I really believe that. It's also related to what Ramnasan writes in a different place that that second pasuk in the Torah. And the Zoyar says on the Medrash that these are this Tohu, Bohu, Choshech, and Tahom are the four major stages of exile. And the spirit of Hashem that is hovering over the waters is Rucho Shel Mashiach. Rashi says. Rashi, maybe even Rashi says. Thank you so much. Rashi says. So this 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 idea is that the Ruach, as, as, as while we're in Gullus, we're also so close to the Ruach of Mashiach. It's a real, it's a it's part of why there's, there's, there's a roller coaster aspect to this time. There, there's like, it's so hard, but there's also this amazing profundity and depth spiritually that is suddenly available. And um, somebody told me yesterday that Larry David is putting on tefillin in public what? these days. Yeah. Yeah. Is a bit or no, no, no. Like for like, he wants to <laughs> add to the spiritual merit of Am Yisrael, and he's putting on tefillin. It's <laughs> <laughs> like it's messianic. Are there, you there's, serious? Yeah, I mean, I in Sham, but Google, you know. <laughs> but this is this is right the Max Max Finder, you know. Anyway, my old my old friend told me this yesterday. I was just watching some of this stuff. He's so anti-religion. Mm. So I don't know. No, so I'm saying. Yeah. Very... Yeah. So, yeah. So the thing is, Shemaim is close to it. In and out from different realities in a way. Yeah. So kind of we're in the war reality, also in the spiritual reality. It's almost like breathing in and out. Yeah. Right. Right. If I'm odd. So when we are doing what Rav Nassim tells us to do, this is the practical thing of this Torah: is Davin that the people who really know how to give God a stern talking to. That their tefillah should be strong and accepted and good, and that the, and because that's real, they need us. The tzaddikim are no, don't function in a vacuum. That's really the uh, Hashem sent Moshe Rabbeinu down from Har Sinai because He said, "Klum lo natati lecha gedula ela bishvilam." I only gave you your greatness for their sake. Well, our merit really makes a, a real difference. And so the reason why I'm bringing up Shemayim is because Alter Rebbe and his sitter says. When we daven shmonesrei, we say atakadosh, veshimcha kadosh, and then we say ukdoshim bechol yom yehalalucha sela. Who's that? He says that's the neshamas in shemaim. Ukdoshim bechol yom yehalucha sela is all of our dearly departed, and um, the, and the zoyar says in multiple places that if it wasn't for the prayers of the tzaddikim in Shemayim, the world would cease to exist. So they are davening. There are hidden tzaddikim and maybe some revealed tzaddikim in our generation are davening. And we have a job to do to connect up to this tefillah b'vchinas din, because when there's a real thing that goes up to heaven that says, hey, this is not fair, it pierces everything, makes the snake vomit, brings all the hostages home and all the spiritual exile that we're all carrying around, all gets vomited out and released back and re-energizes mamish all reality, and even evil itself, its energy comes out and becomes usable as good. And that's when 
the ruach, the more that happens, the more there's a spirit of prophecy that permeates our imagination. And so says Rav Nason, this is what was going on for Achashverosh. And I'm adding, I believe it's also true about Paro. Yaakov Avinu and Yosef at Tzadik are davening, right? Mordechai at Tzadik and Esther Amalka are davening, and all of Amisrael are davening with them. The children are davening, like we learned last time. And what's happening? A tefillah b'vchinastin is piercing the heavens. And not only does it fix the imagination of all of Am Yisrael, they will become more alive, and we get a day of Purim, which is the most imaginationally um, kaleidoscopic, divine, amazing, experiential day there is in the whole calendar of Purim, where everything is just godly and incredible. We got this, like a full, full taste of what it is to have holy imagination on Purim, right? But it even goes into the dreams and the imaginational world of really far people like Achshverus. And he has a dream of Haman standing over him with a sword. And the turning point came through a dream, Davka, yeah. Because when it was time for the Gula to happen, the Tzadikim did a Tefillah B'Bchinas Din, which brought down into the world the Ruach of Nevuah, which fixed our imagination, because when that snake vomited in Shemayim, and the imagination got fixed in all of Israel, it even spread to the nations of the world, and even to Achashverosh himself, and his sleep, which is his imagination state, got a spark of holiness. You say that again? Yeah. So, the, in other words, the, 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 the prayer of Mordechai, and, the tzaddi, and, and Esther, and all the children, like we learned last time, was like a great staff that was hurled up at heaven. Hashem, this is not fair. How can you let this be, right? And we said, Mordor, Moshe was davening up there, like we learned last time, right? He said, what are the, Hashem says, what's that sound? Remember that? And then, right, it gets, then that staff gets stuck in the serpent's throat and it vomits out all of this holiness, which we all experience as a suddenly an up, turning up the dial of prophetic consciousness that we're able to heal and change from all of our patterns of behavior and our, our, our imagination becomes translucent. And not only does our imagination, even Achashverosh's imagination becomes translucent. And he sees Haman for who he is and he's standing over with a, with, a, with, a, with a sword, right? And he's shocked into consciousness. So the Geula came through. Davka, the dream. Of Paro, the dream of the Sarmashkim, Sarah the dream of Achishverus, because there was a beginning of that messianic consciousness that Bezat Hashem will, 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 will fill us. So when our imaginations become translucent, we become able to use our brains and our bodies to have real embodied faith, to really be walking experiencing each sensation, each each experience. Well, it's all just this divine flow of, of shapes and colors and experiences and, and, and temperatures and, and sounds and, and, and everything is just this Purim Dika flow of divinity. So when so so when that Chaim <laughs>
What comes yeah. to me to mind about Purim is yeah. uh, what you said. We're connecting to that energy. <clears throat> the difference between Purim and what's happening now is now we're actually feeling, oh my God, like Shoah was so long ago, we right. were just reading about it in the book. Now we're Sorry. actually experiencing it. Um, so the party, when it happened, Purim, the year after, in the many years when the people still lived, right. was a different party. Right. They all lived it. They lived the pain right. to rejoice. So in a way, what's happening now, we're kind of not just living in the Purim of history, mm -hmm. we're kind of creating that history now. It's it. There's a sense, there's a feeling that the sleeping giant has been awoken. That giant of the superpower of Am Yisrael, the oneness of Am Yisrael, of our awareness of being a separate people that has holiness and has a message and has a God like that, that, that we're, we're, we're being, we're, we're being awoken because the, when your imagination is fixed all the way, says Rav Nassan, he says a very fascinating thing. He says, the reason why we need to sleep is in order to process, you know, when we sleep, we process a lot of things in our dreams. It's like we're processing our food and our bodies. We're processing things. But when our imagination is really fully healthy, we don't need to sleep at all. That's what he says. <laughs> it kind of blew my mind. Like, uh, 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 so there's, or, uh, so the more your imagination is fixed, the less you need to sleep, which also explains Paro waking up, Vaikatz Mishnaso, and Nalelahu Nadedash Nasamelech. It's not only is it the dream gets changed, but the sleep becomes lessened. There's an awoken, there's an awaking, there's an awakening an awakening that happens, and a, an experience of the immediacy of reality. And so in a certain way, yeah, we were sort of lulled with a certain degree of materialism and plenty and expectation that tomorrow will be the same as yesterday. And that, yeah, there are these stories about persecution of the Jews once, you know. But whatever, we're past that, you know. And, and, uh, and, and in a way, we're just waking up I'll just invoke my father. My father said that after the Olive Shalom Harani Kaparas Mishkov, that after after the Holocaust, he said we got a fifty year it's been already more than fifty years, but he said we had a we had a fifty year uh, grace period. Seaside? Yeah. And now mm -hmm. he said and now it's back to normal, my father said. said From a Jewish well. history perspective, you know. There are, there are, there are, like, you know, like in Sefer Shoftim, they have 40 years of peace, 50 years of peace, you know, a certain amount of time, and then, you know, and, and, uh, and, and so we're, we're, what's really happening is we're being jolted out of the sleep of everything, ah, oh, everything's all just fine, and we're, we're waking up to the reality of what being Jewish has always meant. What does it mean to have a yeah. clear imagination? What does it mean to have a clear imagination? According to what we just learned. So, one second, I'm just going to send, I'm going to just, I don't want this to go over an hour, so I'm just going to send it. So it's a good. Chaim, lots of love to whoever listening. We're going to get through this. And Yadidi Yaakov Meir added on that the hand that holds the Kiddush cup, there are, the, hand, the Hebrew word for hand is Yad, and there are exactly 14 bones in the hand. They're representing the 14 years 
of Yaakov Avinu learning Torah, which gave him the koach to find that higher sweetening, Seichel HaKoylo, Rabbi Nachman calls it, to be able to hold that place of Kiddush over which we say these 72 words of love and shine out Yiddishkeit to the whole world. Good job, good job.